Okay. Well, have you guys ever had a rough time? Have you ever had a bunch of rough times that just kind of piled on top of each other? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to talk about today, how to deal with that, how to deal with that. Um, Many years ago when we were meeting in the school, there was a guest minister, and uh, he was also a singer, and he came uh, to minister, and his name was Arnold Clegg. Does anybody remember him? He was an awesome singer, and he sang a song that has stuck with me all these years. And the chorus goes, the anchor holds, though the ship is battered. The anchor holds, though the sails are torn. I have fallen on my knees as I face the raging seas. The anchor holds in spite of the storm. And I've never forgotten that song. And by the way, he sings it better than anybody else. (laughs) And just as a funny note... (laughs) This is a funny note. On YouTube, I was looking this up on YouTube, and uh, somebody put this up, and they thought that Elvis should be singing this song. So they put this song up on, El- on YouTube, and they have a picture of Elvis, you know, floating for during the whole song. <laughs> but anyway, the words of this song were written by a pastor named Lawrence Tuning. He and his family were going through some very difficult times. There were deaths in the family, family struggles, health problems, discouragement, burnout, um, uh, and he was just he was just very very low. His whole family was very very low, and he took a six month sabbatical and he just spent time with the Lord, praying, studying, and worshiping the Lord. And the Lord gave him this song. So I'm going to read some words to the song, and it'll be up on the screen. It says, um, "I have journeyed." Through the long, dark night, out on the open sea, by faith alone, sight unknown, and yet his eyes were watching me. The anchor holds, though the ship is battered. The anchor holds, though the sails are torn. I have fallen on my knees as I I face the raging seas. The anchor holds in spite of the storm. Then the second verse, I've had visions, I've had dreams, I've even held them in my hand, but I never knew they would slip right through like they were only grains of sand. Have you ever felt like that? We've all felt like that, I think. The anchor holds, though the ship is battered. The anchor holds, though the sails are torn. I have fallen on my knees as I face the raging seas. The anchor holds in spite of the storm. You know, sometimes we're like that ship in that song. You know, we're, you know, just being pushed and torn and blown back and forth by the waves and the wind. And our sails are torn torn and tattered. And the waves are tossing us back and forth. And we just don't really think that we're going to hold up. Um, Things can be really tough at times. And things can sometimes just pile up, you know, like, like, you know, pancakes piled high, things can really pile up. And sometimes we can just feel like that ship that's going to sink. You know, we can have, you know, problems in our family, deaths or sickness and illness or financial problems, you know, sometimes, you know, just things pile up, car problems or, you know, appliance problems, problems with your house, you know, stress, discouragement, depression or personal struggles. Um, and that's where we need an anchor to hold us and to keep us from sinking. 
you know, this, this year has been a very difficult year for my family. Uh, my dad is 94 and his wife is 90. And I know a lot of you have had elderly family members. Um, my siblings and I have had to do an overwhelming amount for my dad and his wife this year. And that's um, after 2020, you know, with COVID and they couldn't leave their house at all. And my sister, you know, shopped for them every week uh, last year. And my dad and his wife have a big two-story house, a big yard, two vehicles, an in-gown pool, and pets. So at 90, 94 and 90, that's a lot to have uh, that you can't take care of. Uh, my dad has been ill since the beginning of the year and ended up in the hospital with pneumonia in the spring. And along with that, they're both getting forgetful. So that's, that's a problem. And, you know, getting his wife back and forth to the hospital and taking care of everything and making sure somebody was staying with him. And, you know, as you all, pro- I know that a lot of you have been through this. You know, they need their shopping done. They need their medicine supervised. Everything has to be put in pill packs. And then you have to make sure that they took what's in the pill packs. Uh, breathing treatments, food preparation, cleaning, repairs, lawn care, doctor's visits, lab work, podiatry visits, x-rays. You know, uh, filling out endless forms, insurance, uh, blood work, blood pressures, oxygen levels, and everything has to be recorded. And, you know, along with that, birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and all the, you know, just checking on them to seeing how they're doing. And then we also had to fight the battle, the driving battle. You know, you really can't drive anymore. <laughs> you really can't drive anymore. And all the stress, you know, that went along with that. And then trying to get them to downsize. In June, in early June, uh, the neighbors on either side, both neighbors caught my dad with a ladder outside, you know, putting it up against a tree. He was going to climb the ladder up against a tree to uh, trim it, which is, you know, not good when you're 94 years old and you can hardly walk. (laughs) And then later in June, my dad fell and broke his hip. And that magnified all of the problems exponentially. So before this happened, my family was just barely able to to keep going, keep up with all that needed to be done. And after uh, the hospital, you know, he had to go in rehab, and that required daily visits, you know, to him, you know, just to check on him, make sure everything was going okay, make sure that the rehab was taking care of him properly. And, you know... Several times a day, every day, phone calls with social workers and case managers. And then trying to figure out, you know, an assisted living place for him and my sister and sister-in-law. We're making zillions of phone calls every day to, you know, find a placement for him and his wife because they wanted to stay together. And we were, as a family, we were really, 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 really struggling and overwhelmed to take care of everything. And... This is with, you know, four siblings working together. This, you know, we were working together. <clears throat> and it was really, really, really hard. <laughs> but to make, uh, to make a long story short, um, right in the middle of all that, I get a phone call on July 24th from my sister saying, guess what? Dad's in Florida. <laughs> His family, my dad had decided with his wife to move to Florida, and he didn't tell anybody. 
So we're still making phone calls, you know, where do you need to go, you know, where, you know, making appointments, you know, and everything. And him and his wife and his wife's family checked him out of the nursing home, put him on a plane and took him to Florida and didn't tell his family. And that is a very sad ending to the way that my dad has always been to his family uh, all of his life. But anyway, uh, I, I gave that story to illustrate uh, what we all go through. I know we all have been through things like that. And we need things in crisis to stabilize us, to keep us from sinking, from, uh, from just, you know, being knocked off of our moorings and being crushed against the rocks and just being destroyed. Um, and this song talks about how in this man's life, the anchor held him. And in my situation, my anchor was Jesus Christ, and it held me too. An anchor is a heavy device that is attached to a boat or a ship by a rope or a chain that is thrown into the water to hold that boat or ship in place. And my anchor held me in place, and your anchor will hold you in place too. Or it's a person or a thing that provides strength or support. And you know who that anchor is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Hebrews 6.16. Hebrews 6.16. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It says, now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. So placing our hope in God is the anchor that holds us. And we can run to him and he will hold us. He will hold us. Let's continue reading. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And you know what he's in that inner sanctuary doing? He's interceding for us. He's praying for us. Oh, I'm so thankful that he's our, he's our anchor and that we can, we can trust and hope in him. Um, in the Greek, that word hope means to anticipate, usually with, usually with pleasure. So our, our anchor is in Jesus Christ, and our hope is in him, and we can have hope with pleasure, expectation, confidence, faith. In, uh, in the Amplified Version of six, uh, Hebrews 6.19, it says, Now we have this hope as, sure, as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, it cannot slip and it cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it. A hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. So if you're struggling, if you're having problems, if you're having difficulties and you step out on the hope of Jesus Christ, you can't slip on it. You can't, you can't, um, you can't fail if your hope is in Jesus Christ. 
Placing our hope in God is the anchor that holds us. Amen. So you might wonder why, why can we have that much hope in Jesus Christ? Why can we, why can we have that much hope? And these are the things that I, some of the things that I use to remind myself of why I can have so much hope in God. And the first thing is, is that he loves us so, so much. Let's turn to 1 John 4, 9. You know, um, God loves his children so much, even when his children are horrible and sinful and unfaithful. You know, last week, Pastor Terry talked about King Manasseh, and he was one of the worst kings that has ever lived. He sacrificed his children in the fire to false gods. But yet God was working to get him to repent. God was working to get him to repent so that he would come back to him and serve him. I mean, that's how much God loves us. That's how much God loves us. King David, King David committed adultery. And he had the husband of the person he was committing adultery with killed. But yet God sent someone to King David to get him to repent and turn back to, turn back to God. That's how much God loves us. Um, Pastor Terry talked about the man take, uh, caught in adultery or the man that was, uh, committing adultery with his mother-in-law last Sunday. I mean, all of us would get rid of him, you know. (laughs) He's terrible. But God loves him so much that he had a plan for him and had a way to get him to repent, knew what he needed to repent, and put that plan in action. And the man repented and was restored back to the body of Christ. So we can have hope in God because he loves us so much, no matter how we're struggling, what we're going through, how down, how depressed, how discouraged we might be, we can have hope in God that he will restore us and help us. In 1 John 4, verse 9, it says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That is awesome news. So that when I'm struggling, when things are just crashing in on me, I remember that God loves us. God loves me. The second thing is I remember how faithful God is that God is not going to abandon me. He is faithful no matter what storms are raging. God is always faithful to me. In 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, it says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. That's a scripture that we can hold on to every day. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful to me. The Lord is faithful to you. The Lord is faithful to his children, and he will strengthen us and protect us from the evil one. You know, when we're going through struggles, we need to be strengthened, and we need to be protected from the evil one who's attacking us. And the Lord promises us that he will be faithful to us and protect us from the evil one. In Hebrews 10.23, in the Amplified Version, Hebrews 10.23 It says, so let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. 
For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. So the Lord is faithful to his promises. He's faithful to us. He's faithful to his children. Amen? That's wonderful. So God loves us. God is faithful. And the third thing is God hears us when we pray. So when we cry out to him, when we're struggling, God help me. God hears us when we pray. A man named Joseph Scriven was faced with enough crashing waves and wind to sink him. He was born in Ireland in the 1800s. He wanted to pursue a military career, but he wasn't healthy enough. He was engaged and his fiancée drowned the night before his wedding. He moved to Canada to try to escape his grief. He eventually fell in love again and became engaged to be married. His fiancée died of an illness before the wedding. He wrote this poem to encourage himself and sent it to his mother to encourage and help her overcome her grief. It later became a well-loved hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege, sorry, what a privilege we have to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? Everybody can say, oh yeah, (laughs) oh yeah. Should we never, we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. So we can see that this man... He was suffering, but he was anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge, take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, he'll take and shield you. You will find a solace there. Blessed Savior, thou hast promised, thou wilt all our burdens bear. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to thee in earnest prayer. Soon in glory bright unclouded, there will be no need for prayer. Rapture, praise, and endless worship will be our sweet portion there. So we can take, when we're faced with things that are just feel like we're being knocked off our foundation, we can take it to the Lord in prayer. We can take it to the Lord in prayer, and he's there for us. Let's turn to 1 John 5. 1 John 5. It's such a comfort to know that we can go to the Lord, and he will bear our sorrows. He will be there for us. 1 John 5.14. It says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Isn't that something that will hold you firm and keep you anchored and keep you secure when the waves are crashing against you and the wind is blowing? 
that the Lord Jesus Christ will intercede for you to the Heavenly Father, that he's there to comfort you and help you. And in Hebrews 4.16, it says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, where we will, where we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Oh, my Lord Jesus, I thank him. I thank the Father, I thank the Son, I thank the Holy Ghost for all the help that they provide. Because I know without the Lord, I would be crushed. I would, I would have sunk. Um, the next thing I, I remind myself about is the Lord cares about my emotions. He cares about my stress level. He cares. He doesn't want me to be stressed out. Uh, in 1 Peter 5, 7, and I know you're all familiar with this, 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, probably almost every day we're faced with something we can be anxious about. And it takes an act of faith to throw it. You know, that word cast means to throw it, to throw it on the Lord, to leave it there. We're to cast our anxiety upon the Lord. And the reason we can do that is because he cares for us. And he's all-sufficient. He's an all-sufficient God. He's, he's, he's more than able to take care of our problems. He's more than able to take care of the things that are bothering us. Amen. In Philippians 4, 6, Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not uh, be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we do that, when we do that, we can say, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul because I've prayed, I've cast my care upon the Lord, and my soul is anchored in the Lord. Another thing I like to remind myself is that God always wants to provide for my protection and my safety. The Lord is, the Lord is looking out for me. You know, that's one of the reasons I haven't been anxious about the coronavirus. You know, we've prayed, we've trusted God, we believe that, you know, we've, we've declared that it's gonna die within 10 feet of us, and I still believe that. I use all my, all the natural wisdom, you know, I, I do all the natural things that I'm supposed to do. But I also believe that. I also believe that God's going to protect me. Uh, Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. I believe that. I have confidence in that. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. God protects us. God's watching out for us. Just like you would watch out for your children and protect them. And keep them safe. God's protecting you. God's watching out for you. God looks over you. I don't know how many times that, that we've been in situations and we've looked back and we've, we've been able to see, oh my gosh, God protected us there. God watched out for this, us there. If we would have done this, you know, something bad would have happened, but we, we just felt like we should have, you know, gone a different way or gone a different time. You know, God is helping us. At all times and things that we don't even know about. God is helping us. God is helping us. You know, um, I'm going to share this, this last story just, just as an example of how much 
God cares for us, and how much we don't always have to have everything right. A lot of times, you know, we think we have to have all the steps of faith right and be walking in love right and have just have everything perfect. But, you know, we don't always have to have everything right. We don't always have to have everything perfect. God loves us just the way we are, just like God loved Manasseh and David and the man in 1 Corinthians. God loves us. God loves us. He loves us, and he wants to take care of us, and he wants to nurture us along, and he wants to protect us. I'm going to read uh, from Mark 4, 35. And you're all familiar with this story. Mark 4, 35. It said, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, so this is Jesus and his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So we have a boat. It's uh, about ready to sink. I don't know if it had sails on it, but if it had sails on it, they weren't in good condition. Um, they, were in, they were in a bad, bad state, right? Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Be quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They knew... uh, uh, That was the end of it. (laughs) He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And a lot of times we read this story and we, we talk about, you know, why, why, why we don't have enough faith. But I'm going to talk about it in that those disciples, they knew who to turn to. They might not have had enough faith to do it themselves, but they had enough faith in Jesus. They had faith in Jesus. They had hope in their anchor. They knew who their anchor was. They knew who they had to have hope in. And Jesus calmed their storm. And so I just want to encourage you today to remember, you know, sometimes we don't have all our P's and Q's exactly correct, but we always need to keep our hope in Jesus Christ. Our anchor, our hope, our foundation, our faith in him, that he will, uh, he will rescue us, he will help us. Uh, we need to always have our hope in God. Jesus Christ as the anchor to calm our stor- storms and to keep us from sinking. The storms are going to come. We've, we've been through them. There's probably going to be more, unfortunately. <laughs> we don't want to have storms, but they're going to be there. Uh, just, they're just part of life. But we can always hold firm to the anchor, which is our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will never let us down. He will keep us from sinking. He will keep us from from being tattered and and shattered against the rocks. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that we can put our hope and our trust in you. We thank you, Lord God, that you will never, never abandon us, that we can always depend on you, that we can always look to you, we can always have confidence in you, that we can always be assured of your help, that you give us such great joy and expectation that you answer our prayers, Lord God. 
We have such great confidence that you love us, Lord. And we just thank you so much for that, Lord. And Father, I just pray if there's anybody listening that does not know you, that does not know this confidence that I'm talking about, Lord, that you would draw them unto you, that that you would uh, minister to them and help them, that you would just reveal to them how much you love them. And the word of God says that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, we just ask you, we invite you to call upon his name, repent of your sins, and call upon his name this morning. And he will welcome you into his family with loving arms. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.